Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher and church planter in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for His sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome back to Lose Yourself. Today's episode, we rejoin our conversation with Keith Radke, pastor of River Community Church in West Jordan, Utah, on the topic of discipleship. His standard for me, what he was proud of, and I think as followers of Christ, when we're discipling somebody else, the standard we can set is, are you doing what God has made you to do? Are you following his purpose for your life? I was watching a video yesterday with my wife. It's about three and a half minutes long by uh, this guy that I follow online that it just in a, in a tremendous way has been able to speak things that I've heard before in a way that I've never heard them before. And he talked about the move of God and how people are going all over the world looking for the move of God. And it's over here for a while and it's over there for a while. But by doing that, we rob ourselves and we rob others of seeing millions of moves of God in the ordinary, mundane, hidden areas of life. And you know, that moment when my dad called me and told me that, that was a move of God. Because it positioned me for a trajectory that I'm still on. And so when we're discipling somebody, brand new Christian, you know, maybe you're in prison ministry and you go visit someone at the jail or the prison, or you're a youth pastor or you know, you're a mom at home with your kids. You're, you're a father driving home from work and just wondering, are you doing enough? God wants you to know he's moving in your life and he wants to move through us in the ordinary sitting down at the table with our children. You referenced um, Deuteronomy 6, the Shema. You know, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then he says, and, and this is what I want you to do. You're going to take you're going to take this love for God and you're going to take his commands and you're going to give them to your children. And when you give them to your children, you're going to do it in the morning. You're going to do it at second breakfast. (laughs) You're going to do it at lunch. You're going to do it when you're walking out, doing errands, going about life, when you're home, when you're at the table, when you're laying down all throughout the day, tiny moves of God all throughout our life. That's discipleship. And let's talk about that for a second. Yes. Because again, when you have in the Old Testament, you had the dust of the rabbis because pretty much the rabbi walked around and his students followed mm-hmm. him around. You yeah. know, they were with each other. I mean, that wasn't a classroom like we expect. Like you don't walk right. into the PowerPoint presentation. You know, it was just like they always talked about the dust of the rabbi because they were so close to him that yeah. they, he'd be tracking dirt that's all, right. all over his students. And you know, obviously that's a rabbi situation. I'm obviously in a discipleship situation that one-on-one is very important. But as a father, the things I do with my son, yeah, that's important to me that he has those memories. Yes. And again, just ended integrating my faith into the mundane. Mm. Because, you know, if I do what I do and then I preach at him, every so often. Right. That doesn't stick. But no. When, but when I integrate my faith into our daily mundane, yes. that's what sticks. Yes. And and that's where my, you know, I won't call it my worst parenting moments, but that's where as a parent, I was missing the point, right? I'm going to tell you what to do. We all do. And you're going to get it. And now go do it and tell me when you're done. <laughs> you know, I don't, I can't even tell you what those things are now. That's old think, school. I don't think my kids get that. But my kids do get it when we're tearing apart the garage and we're throwing all the trash out and we're setting aside stuff to sell or donate and we're just talking and we're joking. My kids, I'm, I'm a bit of a modest person. Um, and so, you know, when they start joking around and talking, you know, just kind of 
you know, just funny, you know, Napoleon dynamite, Nacho Libre kind of humor. It's like, okay, I got to lighten up. Like I seriously got to lighten up. My kids need to see me laugh. They need to see me, you know, excited about life. They need to see me. And so, you know, I've had a couple of my older kids and I'll say, dad, you're getting kind of, you're getting kind of edgy, you know, oh, nice. you, you know, you're, you're, uh, what was, there was one word, oh, salty. Yeah, that was salty. You Ooh. know, I was like, not like bad salty, was it? And they're like, no, 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 not like bad salty. Like, like that was funny, you know, like right. you said something and it was humorous. And I, I think that that's where, that's where as, as a parent, like, I feel like I've gotten better as a parent. I don't know that I've necessarily chased, changed my outlook on, on, on what parenting is. It's just, I've relaxed and I've, I'm embracing and then, and then two of my kids now have kids. Oh yeah. And so all of a sudden it's like, uh Oh, I'm not finished parenting. No, you're not. I, I, this is, this was too soon. What, how did this happen? And, um, I had a conversation with the guy just yesterday. He was visiting our church from out of state. And the reason why he was visiting Utah was because he has two grandchildren in Utah and he was visiting from out of state because he had already gone through granddad day with his other grandchildren. He was in Utah to do granddad day. And what granddad day was you pick where we're going to lunch and you pick what we do for the rest of the day. Love it. And you know, that's great for parenting. That's great for grandparenting. And I think that's great for discipleship. It is. It absolutely is. And it meet you meet them where they are. All right. So I don't want to belabor this, but I have an, I have an opinion. I want to hear it, Mike. And this opinion. Because I value your opinion. I know. No, no. It's an opinion, a, a, a prediction. Okay. That we can see. It's not I'm not prophetic. I don't want to get stoned to death if I'm wrong, but this is just my, my, my I'm just watching these generations come up and they're going to redo church. Yes. Even the stuff that what we would You're call, talking about the kids. Yes. Yes. The, 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 I mean, I'm talking about Gen Z on down. Mm-hmm. MTV who spends a ridiculous amount of money trying to figure out what kids like. Right call them the founders, meaning they're going to take the whiteboard and wipe it clean. Oh boy. They're over it. And by the way, don't be shocked by this because when it went from classical to kind of revivalist, mm-hmm. when it went for revivalist to traditional, when it went for traditional to contemporary, when it went to contemporary to modern, we've watched radical shifts happen yes. in the church. The gospel is the gospel. As we walk through all these where, you know, drum set or no drum set, choir or no choir, uh, hymnal or PowerPoint. Of course, I feel like what we're doing right now has kind of going to probably have a radical shift. Just, Absolutely. For example, if you told somebody in 1950, there'd be a drum set in the church, they laughed at you. Right. Or if you told them that there'd be, you know, light shows and there's just these shifts that happen as we try to reach our culture with the gospel. And one of the things I'm noticing with the young people is this relational thing and this, this discipleship we're talking about. That's what they're craving. They're actually asking the question, what is church? Yeah. I see all this cool stuff, but like, what is, what is this about? Why are right. we doing this? What is this? Why are we here? And I think that that's what we've been talking about, what you were just describing of that one-on-one, that mm-hmm. walking through, that mentoring, that family, they're hungry for it. Yeah. We've tasted extravagance yes, and found it wanting. Yeah. And we want to just find ourselves. Now, again, there's times that you can do that with a great vibe. You can really empower those resources in a very godly way. But the thing is, is that as long as it, at the core of it is this family and the example that's just got to be in no matter what size church you're in. Yeah, yeah. I, it reminds me of the end of Ecclesiastes 
verse 12 of the last chapter says, Beware of anything beyond these, of making many books. There is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. So don't take that as a reason not to go to school. But he says, The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And I, I think that is what that generation is looking for. And I think if we're honest with ourselves as we're looking for that too, what, what does this all mean? What's the end? What's the conclusion here? And the conclusion is, what are you going to do about God? If God is real, which I, I believe he is, but let, for the skeptic, if God is real, then what does that mean for me? And if he can be discovered, how do I find him? Mm. And when I find him, what am I, what am I going to learn? And, and the Bible gives us that. It, it gives us that revelation of who God is. And, and, and the Bible is, you know, it says that all scripture is given, you know, by inspiration of God and is profitable for everything in life. But I also believe this. I don't think everything that we can know about God is in the Bible because God cannot be contained in all of that. And that's what eternity's for, is we're going to spend eternity discovering the rest of the story, discovering the rest of who he is. So what, who he is, is he is the eternal, never born, never will die, always existing, exists from within himself, needs, there's no external support or, or, or thing that keeps him alive. He is the source of his life and all of life. And as, as big and, and, and huge as that concept is, he decides to make us mm. in his image to have a relationship with us, gives us this capacity to choose to love him, which we terribly throw away, but he doesn't give up. And he sends Jesus, his only son, who is God in the flesh. You know, the word became flesh and flesh dwelt among him. And we beheld him, Jesus, as the only begotten of the father the Father being full of grace and truth, right? Mm. So everything there is to know about God, we can see personified in Jesus living out. But God says, he's all of this that, I, that I'll never understand fully. I don't even know what that looks like in heaven. Like, do we understand it all once we get there? Are we still learning and growing? I'm excited to find out. <laughs> but he takes all of that and he boils it down and says, I love you. I've taken care of the only obstacle between me and you. I will adopt you. I will call you my own son, my own daughter. I'll give you all of the rights and inheritances of heaven. I'm just look at Ephesians. What what a beautiful letter about what we already have now because we've been adopted. Right. All of this, you can be a part of my family. There's no process for that. There's no system for that. It's relationship. It's 100% relationship. Right. And and God says through Jesus follow me and I will make you fishers of men you then you will turn around and you will go make disciples right. which I think is fishers of men right. I think what he's saying is I will make you people of purpose to repeat my purpose to reconcile people to myself so that they could be called children so they could be called sons and daughters so they could come into my family and you're going to go out and you're going to bring more people in. I don't remember the reference, and I'm not going to take time to look it up right now. If you love your Bible, look it up. There's this story, I think it's in Luke, 
uh, maybe it's in Mark, but it's in Luke, where there's a man who has a banquet, and he said he wants all of his friends to come, and every last friend's got an excuse for why they can't be there. So he sends out his staff, so to speak, and he says, I want you to, to go and just invite people out on the street, okay? Just people in the marketplace, that kind of stuff. And they say, okay, we've done all that, but who else? He's, I want you to go and find the crippled and the blind and the lame and the poor. I want you to find the people that can't help themselves, the people who don't even know I have a party. And I want, you, I want you to tell all of them to come in. And here's what the master said, because I want my house full. If I could get that, the discipleship is doing my part to fill the house of God, Yeah, then everything else is gravy. Everything else is, you know, secondary. Not unimportant, but the most important thing is God wants his house full, and time is running out. And it's not just time on earth is running out. Like, people are dying every day. Right. And so I need to get over myself, and I just need to invite somebody over for coffee. I, I need to go meet somebody where they are. I need to find places to build relationships with people and people who, who are not going to come to our church. They're not going to come to our Bible study. They're not going to come to our youth group. Even if you invite them, right. you got to go to them and you got you to make disciples, as Jesus said. Go into all the world and make disciples, he says. So, so that's the go part and that's the good part too. But it all begins with recognizing that God is a God of relationship who has done everything so we can have a relationship with him. That'll affect our families. It'll affect our churches. It'll affect every area of life if we just just keep a hold of that. Awesome. Again, yeah, the relationship, the example, those are very Mm -hmm. important. We're out of time, but we'll pick up this conversation on our next episode. This has been Lose Yourself. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a ministry of Grace Church and Mike Cunningham and a production of Key Radio.